Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Rum, Allah is the one who creates you in weakness and then gives you after weakness strength and then gives you after strength weakness and grey hair. He creates what he wills and he is the knowing, the powerful. We all know this. Although sometimes it's hard to face up to the reality of our decline. But it is his wisdom in creation that he alone is al-Baqi, the one who goes on. And everything else comes and goes. Even the mountains, the geologists say, they begin and then they're worn down again. And what could be more formidable than a mountain? The seas, the glaciers, the rivers, all living things, they all have their springtime, their youth, their prime. And then they feel the leaves starting to fall. And then there is wintertime, snow on the head. And then new life begins. And this is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's will in his creation. We find very often in the Qur'an a mention of this, not just the usefulness of remembering that our strength will never last, not just the usefulness of remembering that our life will come to an end and we will pass on to something which we can only dimly imagine. Hmm? The party will be over, there will be a closing time for all of us in the time of Allah's choosing, only of his choosing. But this state of aging is something that is particularly stressed in the Qur'an. There's daf and shaba, weakness and grey hair. And in the sunnah of the chosen one, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, to honour those who are in the autumn and the winter of their lives is particularly stressed. He says, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, inna min ikramil, inna min ikramillah, inna min ijlalillah, ikramu al-Muslim, lishayba. Wa ikramu hamil al-Qur'an ghayri al-ghali fi wala al-jafi'an, wa ikramu al-Sultan al-Muqsid. One of those hadiths that are amazing but speak about different things, but we see how they're together. He says part of honouring God is to honour the elderly Muslim. And part of honouring God is to honour the one who is carrying the Qur'an, maybe his hafiz, as long as he doesn't go to any extremes and as long as he's not neglectful. That person should be honoured. And the third one who should be honoured as part of our honouring of our Creator is this Sultan al-Muqsat, the just ruler. Not many opportunities for honouring really just rulers. In our age, you look at the headlines and it's circus after circus, disappointment after disappointment, we all know this. But if there's a true just ruler, ah, now that is an interesting person. Despite all of the temptations, the person is just. And this is stressed in our religion, which is a political religion, because it's an everything religion. There is nothing in which the moral code decreed by heaven to liberate us is indifferent to. How long should your hair be? That's in the sunnah. 
How should you behave if you're in a position of massive responsibility? That's in the Sunnah as well. There's no secular area that we kind of don't care about, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala isn't interested in. No. He alone is the sovereign in every situation. His law alone brings human justice and liberation. Now, one of the things that is most moving about the stories of the early rulers of Islam, let us pass in tactful silence over the present day rulers of Islam, but the early rulers of Islam was that they looked out for the weak and the elderly were particularly important to them. Not like our culture, but for them, this ikram, this honoring of the elderly Muslim is part of the honoring of God. Here's one story. وَكَانَ عُمَرْ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْ يَتَعَاهَدُ الْأَرَامِلَ بِسُقِيَ لَهُمْ Sayyidina Umar, the majestic Khalifa, the one who is administering this huge and enlarging world, the one who has to deal with the market, the one who has to deal with taxation, the one who has to deal with justice. Huh. <laughs> How does he spend his spare time? Well, what do we do nowadays? Well, drinks and cheese on the lawn of Downing Street. While everybody else, and the old people, and the orphans, and the elderly women are kind of dying, and their relatives can't even wave to them through the window. Never mind. But what did he do as a ruler? He used to go and visit the widows to carry water for them. In those days, there wasn't a tap you could turn. It was a vital service. And this is one of the things that Hazrat Omar is recurrently remembered for. فَرَآهُ طَلْحَ يَدْخُلُ بَيْتَ مْرَأَةٍ لَيْلًا فَدَخَلَ عَلَيْهَا طَلْحَ نَهَارًا Once Talha, this is Talha ibn Ubaidillah, one of the great Sahaba, saw him going into a woman's house at the dead of night. And the next day Talha went to see who that woman was in daylight. And he went in. There was an old woman who was blind and disabled, we'd say nowadays. Crippled, she couldn't walk. فَسَأَلَهَا عَنْ هَذَا الرَّجُلُ الَّذِي يَأْتِيهَا And he asked her about the man who was visiting her. And she says, مُنْذُ كَذَا وَكَذَا يَتَعَاهَدُنِي وَيَأْتِينِي بِمَا يُصْلِحُنِي وَيُخْرِجْ عَنِّي الْأَذَى From such and such a time, this man has been coming to see me, bringing the things that I need and taking out the rubbish. Rubbish would mean other things as well in those pre-plumbing days. And he really had to almost spy on the Khalifa to figure out what he was doing with his spare time. Not a wine and cheese party on the garden of some palace, but no, this is Sayyidina Omar, who sleeps on the steps of the mosque, who has only two garments, one for clean, one for the wash. Ah, this is ah, this Sultan al-Muqsat the just ruler. They have existed, they can exist. Will we see their likes again before Imam Mahdi? Allah only knows. At the moment things are not looking so good, but we can still be inspired. We know human beings can do this, and we know that this is important. The widow. 
Nowadays, and COVID has made this worse, we are experiencing two pandemics, not just the COVID-19 pandemic, but a loneliness pandemic. Not even an epidemic, because it's nine million, according to the NHS, who suffer from some kind of clinically recognized loneliness. Nine million in this country. So that we even have, first time in history, in our civilized world with the social services and the NHS and the ministry of this and the ministry of that, we now have a ministry of loneliness. We can't deny that this is a problem. Look at the NHS website or Age Concern UK, and you'll see that this is a silent pandemic. So much suffering. Loneliness is medically equivalent in terms of its damage to your physical health, never mind your mental health, as damaging as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. It's as damaging as obesity. It's a catastrophe because we're not designed to be like that. The modern scenario of the old lady alone in her house is not the Islamic view and it's not anybody's view. No civilization respects that or likes that. We need people like Sayyidina Omar who cares and does something direct rather than just signing some new piece of legislation that may or may not work out. Does something himself. This is a difficult time to be old. And because most old people are women, because it's still the case that women have a longer life expectancy, it's more widows than widowers, and they're suffering. What can we do for them? Well, society says, well, they've got their televisions. Society will say they've got their pensions. Society will say, maybe we'll subsidize fuel bills because electricity is going to double. Maybe they can save enough to go on a cruise every couple of years. Maybe they can do bingo once a week, but no, it's not easy. This age of loneliness, despite all of these revolutions in our consciousness that have happened, Feminism, socialism, the welfare state, capitalism, common, none, none of it seems to sort this huge inequality and that silent suffering. All of those old people, the care homes, never visited by anyone at all. This is an epidemic and a disaster. We need to think of ways in which we can do something about this. Because in our Muslim communities, alhamdulillah, that's not really quite so bad. Old people are respected, that ikram is still present. There is still a culture of not sending granny off to the care home if she's kind of a nuisance, and husband and wife are working and the kids are on their screens and it's not something that they want to do. We don't quite have that culture yet, but it's a very miserable thing. Feminism, well, much of it has been positive, who could not support them when they say we want an end to harassment? They're right. Who could not support them when they say they want respect? They're right. But they've done a lot for younger women, maybe middle-aged women, but still the situation of the older women, who are more and more numerous, continues to deteriorate. The aramilla, the widows, those who only have their old photographs and their memories, uh, and no one talks to them. Even the shop. There's not a human being to talk to at Tesco Express any longer. She has to stand in front of the robots with a touch screen uh, that tells her that she should swipe her club card as she fumbles for her glasses, and it's overwhelming. Modern world with technology makes money for many, it's cool for many young people, but it's harder and harder for the old who increasingly can't cope. This is a hidden massacre and an atrocity.
So we have the example of people like Sayyidina Omar. And we have this consistent tradition, the assumption that the old have so much to give, that they're still part of the family, that age implies wisdom, experience, love for the young. They can be at the center of things rather than just put in concentration camps for the over 80s where they sit around watching television, waiting for death, never seeing anyone. No, there is a better way. This is important in our tradition, this ikram. He says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, whoever does not show compassion and mercy to the young and whoever does not know the rights of the old is not one of us. That's rather a big thing to say huh? because he wants it to be a big message. Kindness to children and to young people, for sure. Be patient with them, but also knowing the rights of the old. What are those rights? What have they done for us? They've done everything. <laughs> They've done everything. You know? Because of what they did for us when we were small. Another diamond from the box of diamonds that is Allah's book, subhanAllah. Your Lord has decreed that you will worship none save him and uh, to be good, ihsan, to behave in an ethical and beautiful way to your parents. If one of them or both of them reach old age with you, do not say uff, which is like, get lost. Do not speak disrespectfully to them and do not repel them, but speak honorably to them in a way that is kareem. Lower to them the wing of compassion uh, in a humble way and say, O Lord, have mercy to them as they brought me up when I was little. We tend to forget how much they did. When you become a parent, you realize how much your own parents did and the extraordinary sacrifices involved in motherhood in particular, which is something again that we honor, that this modern culture tends not to honor so much. For every article in the newspapers about motherhood, there's going to be 50 about fashion or cosmetic surgery or what is cool for women, but motherhood, that extraordinary, unique achievement and gift, um, not so much, they're not really so interested. And their birth rate is going down. They don't know what a gift and a sacrifice this is. Imam Zakaria a few weeks ago gave us those beautiful verses from Surat Maryam, and it's in Surat Al-Imran as well. There's no world scripture that honors mother motherhood as the Quran does, that honors the Virgin Mary and her solitary, heroic uh, birth. Mm-hmm. The Qur'an also says, and we commanded man to be good. Husna, it's like ihsan, to his parents. Uh, this is something that is absolutely required. Uh, his mother bore him in weakness after weakness. In that state, she has no power whatsoever. She's completely overwhelmed by this thunderclap 
of instinct and nature and power and hormones is completely in the grip of it. Weakness upon weakness, one after the other. Uh, and his weaning is within two years. Be thankful to me and to your parents, your two parents, and the journey is back to me, not back to them. This is not some sort of some kinds of Chinese religion where it's all about the ancestors and ancestor worship. No, there's one, Al-Wahid Al-Qahar, back to him, Ilay Al-Nasir, but the parents are really important, really important. So they get older, but their importance does not wane. Look at the beautiful story, one of the amazing beautiful stories about Sayyidina Musa alayhi salam in Surah Al-Qasas. You remember that he's been chased out of Egypt because of the affair of the man that was inadvertently killed and he goes off into the eastern desert alone. When he came to the land of Midian he found a group of people there and they were bringing up water for their animals from a well. And he found, apart from them, two women. And the ulama sometimes say that this is again an indication of the prophetic desire in every situation to see who is weak, who is excluded, who is on the margins, who might need help. So he says, he comes to the water of Madian and he finds these people drawing water for their camels, for their goats, for their sheep, whatever it is, and he sees two women at a distance. He says, what, what's, uh, what's up with you? What's going on? Uh, and they say, we can't draw water uh, until uh, the shepherds come back. And our father, he's an old man. But the word is not old man, the way we derisively use that phrase disgracefully nowadays, old man. Sheikhon Kabir, an elder. Great. Kabir means old, but it also means great. Don't separate the two. So you can see on the one hand, the father, this is Sayyidina Shu'aib, alayhi salam, according to most of the scholars, he can't actually help with this very hard physical labor of bringing up heavy buckets of water from the bottom of the well again and again for the animals who need a lot in the desert. Uh, and neither can these two girls do it, so they're waiting for somebody else, the shepherds, to come along and help. But they're respectful of their father, but even though he's head of the family, he can't do this thing. But then see how the story goes on, and we all know this story, uh, that he meets Shu'aib as this lonely wanderer, and of course this is two prophets recognizing each other immediately, recognizing the presence of light and holiness. Uh, and he says, I will marry you to one of my daughters, doesn't hesitate, you see, this is the real man. Uh, uh, on condition that you work for me for eight years. And if you complete ten, that's from you, from in Eindik. So what we get here is the story of, on the one hand, the old man who's weak and can't do these basic things necessary for running... Uh, a kind of nomadic pastoralist existence in, in the desert. But on the other hand, he still has agency. He's not off watching television, 
He's not off with scratch cards and dreaming of his next cruise and ignored by everybody. He's still at the centre of everything. He's still getting involved in this marriage thing. And we know this, that the old people still have a role in our families, a revered role. But because Islam is the middle way in all things, we don't then say, ha, oh, arranged marriages mean forced marriages, and respect for elders means that you have to be married to you know, somebody outrageous that you don't love or don't care for, who is evidently somebody you're never going to get on with just because mum and dad say so. This is not legitimate in Sharia either. It's the way of the ancient Arabs, the way of the Jahiliya. They didn't care. They married them to this person, to that person, for tribal glory. Which branch of which tribe will bring us most genetic advantage and economic benefits? That's how they thought. Abu Lahab, Abu Jahl, Abu Sufyan, all of those Abus, that's what they thought about. Huh. But in Islam, she has the right to say no. The judge has the right to marry her to anybody she chooses if he's Muslim. We studied this when I was a student in Egypt, because I didn't know this and I remember it. It's in the Mukhtasar Khalil, if you know Maliki Fiqh. I studied this and I remember this because it's important. A lot of Muslims don't realize this. The wali has to give his permission huh, for a marriage if his daughter wants to marry somebody who is regarded as acceptable in Sharia. Al hmm. wali he has to. So on the one hand, we want to integrate our old people into our families and to make still the paterfamilias, the Sheikh Kabir, head of the family, so that he's not marginalized and tormented and given a letter perhaps from the Ministry of Loneliness occasionally. Uh, we don't want that. But neither do we want him to be a Fir'aun in the house. We want him to be Shu'aib. We want him to be one of the, the good ones. And this is something that we need to remember in our communities uh, that Islam is never about injustice. And that just as we wish our elders to be happy, so they also should wish the younger generations to be happy as well. Because Allah does not validate injustice or compulsion. So we look at this disconnect between on the one hand this rich and highly organized modern world that can't cope with this catastrophe of loneliness, which is getting worse. And on the other hand, the beautiful prophetic insistence that you look for the weakest and mustadhafin. It's in a hadith Qudsi, Allah says, I'm with the brokenhearted. If he is with them, you should be there at all, just as Barakah. Go to who are the weakest. The refugees, the asylum seekers, those who are ethnically marginalized, whatever it might be. This is the prophetic teaching. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to allow his medicine, which is the Qur'an, to flow like purifying water into our hearts. We ask him to give us the wisdom, the inner wisdom of the sunnah. We ask him to make us people of rahmah, people of mercy, people who look out for the weak, the needy, those who are in need of help, neighbors, family members, people who are crawling up the beach in Dover without any documents, those are the people. Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said he is with them. We should be with them as well. And inshallah, we will once again become the ummah 
of Rahmah and the true followers of the one who has sent Rahmatil lil alameen as a mercy to the worlds. Aqulu qawli hadha wa astaghfirullah li wa lakum wa li sa'iril muslimin innahu huwa al-ghafoor al-rahim.